0: you um...
1: it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, and 1280 of the zone. We're going to talk to Tim Lacombe coming up here momentarily. Your Utah Jazz Insider Report brought, uh, brought to you by Cypress Credit Union with the lowest fees and the quickest keys. Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit Cy- uh, any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. Not only will we ask Tim about the Jazz, of course, my co-host for Jazz Game Night, uh, pre, half, and post, but uh, also he knows uh, Alex Jensen really well and is obviously uh, dialed in uh, to the college basketball world around here, having been in it for so long. So we'll get his thoughts on that.
0: No doubt. Always a pleasure to talk with Tim.
1: Yeah, Tim's the best. Uh, he's he's been a lot of fun to do these shows with uh, uh, this year. There's no doubt about it. So, um, I wonder. You know, we're seeing various reports coming out about where the Utes go next, and that uh, job has been open for a week. I'm sure they're eager to to get something done as they lost uh, another player to transfer. Was that yesterday when we found out about Riley Batten? So, you know, I, they need to need to get moving. Uh, and I'm sure they they put all in to get Alex Jensen, but now they got to. Move on to Plan B. In fact, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, my co-host on Jazz Pre, Half, and Post, longtime BYU and Utah assistant coach. He's our friend Tim Lacombe. What's up, Tim? what's up? Long time no speak. Seriously, buddy. Uh, how was uh, I? Got up at uh, the I think crack of six thirty this morning after minutes of sleep. Hopefully, you fared better than me.
2: So you have that you have that alarm clock in the form of a, a little kid. You <laughs> yeah. know, at that age, that comes in jumps on you. Um, fortunately i've got a 15 year old and she uh she thinks i'm you know she's at that stage where parents are the worst so she rolls <laughs> her eyes at me and she would never wake me up because nice. that means she'd have to talk to me
0: <laughs> you know the problem tim is that jake went out to eat for lunch with his beautiful bride and uh he ate something that uh, has made him really sleepy oh, and so way we're too looking much. for ways to keep him awake yeah uh, you so. you had a big lunch today? Th- yeah, today?
1: man. I didn't mean to have a big lunch either. It was like it, it was like I had zequil for lunch. It was something. <laughs> you Got
0: the boiler going <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah,
1: I do have the the, the boiler <laughs> is in is in rare form today.
0: <laughs> I uh, I like the way Jake described it, to Tim. He said he felt like he ate a boat anchor
1: for
2: lunch. <laughs> that is very descriptive. I and and I learned you know what? I've really I've gained a, a better hold on the English language because this guy is just. You know, he, he describes
0: things so great.
1: We have a good time, Tim. I, I will say that. We do. That. Just,
0: don't ask him, just don't ask him to spell anything.
1: No, true. Uh, poor spelling. That's
0: your job, Gordon.
1: Yeah, you're the writer. <laughs> Come on, Gordo.
0: <laughs> do you have a hard time getting that? I mean, uh, what time did you guys get off the air last night, you think?
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. Last night the game went a little quicker, so it ended a little earlier. But, uh, Tim? I think
0: I was home by 1240. Yeah, twelve forty. So one o'clock, you get home at one o'clock, and you can't go right to sleep, right? You're you're still wired from all the excitement. Well, I don't know about last night. Do I don't you know, know about anyway. that, but yeah. <laughs> and then so you get to bed at 2:30, 2 o'clock maybe, and you're asleep. Uh, are you able to get up? And, like Jake, at six o'clock in the morning, or do you need more sleep than that, Tim?
2: Oh no, no. I, I yeah, I didn't have a I didn't have a six thirty appointment yet. Um, mm-hmm. My my day started work wise around nine, so. Um you know I had the the nice p- pieces I just commute downstairs, so shower at eight thirty you know I was presentable in front of the screen at nine and ready to rock
0: as an assistant coach were your hours crazy uh when you were at b y u uh did, did you have a a schedule that was totally unpredictable
2: uh, <clears throat>
0: you, what you have is you just have a dot on your calendar every day you know
2: that feeling when um you just have something you have to do, and you've got to be somewhere every day. And um, the hours themselves, you know, unfortunately, you've got to the new annex is, is fingerprint to get in, and once you're in, you can be in there for all night long. And that's what you end up doing. The, the hours are typically um, for college basketball during the season, off season, whatever. It's just it is nonstop. You know, right now I talked to three or four guys today. Around the country, at different places, and they're scouring 900 names in the portal. So, it sounds like a whole lot of fun. I really wish I could be helping, but I'm not. (laughs)
1: Uh, Tim, we found out earlier today Alex Jensen's taking his name out of the running for the Utes' head coaching job. I guess your thoughts on that, and where Utah goes from here, or uh, you know, kind of what what you think is next.
2: Well, you know, I've made it really clear. I I think uh, Alex is one of the great. People and great coaches. You know, I I was kind of selfishly, um, you know, hoping to to see you know him and or Johnny, you know, former players uh, get an opportunity. Uh, but I think what Alex did here is probably a, a smart thing um, in the long run. I think you know you got you just mentioned it, Gordon. But the NBA assistants, uh, you know, they have they have a lot more time, particularly in the off season. Uh, they're not out recruiting, um, and they can you can be a little bit more flexible. I think right now Alex is in the middle of one of the best seasons in jazz history, and um, I know he's competitive, and, and it just makes sense, I think, that he wants to try to finish this job, and the timing just doesn't seem to be great.
0: Tim, a question that came up between Jake and me earlier is, are there assistant coaches who really don't, have uh the desire to be a head coach I mean you were an assistant for a long time did you did you absolutely want to be a head coach and how is that overblown I guess is my thought well I you know it's funny I, I think everybody
2: comes at everything differently I, I I personally you know I was a for lack of a better word I was a mutt in the college basketball game um you know I was I, I didn't play. I played through high school. I didn't play in college. Um, I kind of cut my teeth in coaching as, you know, kind of more of an administrative role with the team, and and then was able to see and learn, you know, that way. But um, you know, I think there are a lot of guys that that you know, everything they do, every step they take, every move they make, every uh, thing they tweet is for some sort of you know, position, put them in a position to, to get a head job someday. I think most guys would probably want to do that. I actually was was really happy with the jobs I had and wanted to do the best job in the job I had. And never, you know, I just never looked up and tried to grasp anything more. Um, so I think everybody comes at it different. But I would say the majority of assistants want to be head coaches, you know, to be able to have that experience and run their own
0: program. I thought for a minute there you were going to break out in song. Isn't that, isn't that a Sting song? Every breath you take, every move you make, every, every bond, bond you every break, bond you break every step you take.
1: I think I'll that be was
0: uh, you, Gordo. I think that yeah, was Diddy every, and every,
1: Faith Hill, actually. Every or not Faith uh, every, Hill. What's her name? Every
0: no, it was a Sting. Every every cake you bake, all right now. That's it was Diddy. It yeah, he does say that at the end. It it was a Sting song. It was okay, Diddy. Come on. Well, With, it was uh, No, it was Faith, song, uh, Faith Evans. Sting, Sting, Sting wrote the song and performed it.
1: It was in honor of uh, the Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> okay.
2: That's just a remake, Jake.
1: <laughs> you don't say. You know what, You know what, Gordo?
2: <laughs> you kind of look like uh, like uh, Stuart Copeland. The, 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 <laughs> you, you, yeah, you got to check that out. He's the drummer for the police. You kind of have a Stuart Copeland vibe going.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Uh, Tim, let's talk about the trade deadline. Uh, the Jazz uh, acquire Matt Thomas from Toronto, a 4 guard who really uh, can shoot it, but probably not likely going to be a real impact player on this Jazz team. What do you think about them for the most part, standing pat?
2: I think that's probably the prudent play. Um, I, I, I would imagine they were out there. Uh, but at this point in time, you know, they really do have the best hand. I, I said last night, you know, playing poker, and you've got the best hand, Um, maybe you stand pat. And I think uh, the one positive thing is, um, you know, the Jazz have had a a real identity. I I think that they certainly have roles pretty defined. And, um, you know, David made the comment. I think there's a lot. David Locke made the comment last night in the broadcast. I think there's a lot to it. Uh, You bring a guy in and, you know, you don't have the luxury of practicing like you, you typically do. So you were actually bringing a dude in and and trying to, you know, in the second half of the season on the fly figure out ways to perhaps cut somebody else's minutes that's been here all year and put somebody else in there. And I just think from a chemistry standpoint, it makes a ton of sense to me. You know, there were a couple of dudes out there I had my eye on from a selfish standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the one thing that most people that I've talked to said, you know, the one thing the Jazz possibly could have done is maybe give up some shooting for some – Uh, a better perimeter defender or somebody that, you know, in case of emergency break the class and that guy's going to come out and play, play good defense. Uh, But, but I think at the end of the day, they have the best record and uh, I I have no issue with them standing pat and doing what they did.
0: I agree with you completely, Tim. Uh, It surprises me. And I try not to, to, to uh, evaluate fan uh, thoughts uh, or beliefs or desires based on what you see on Twitter because that's a whole different matter. But the Jennas are doing great. You know, it, it just seems like in a lot of people's minds, whoever somebody else has might somehow be better than what you got. And I, I think they're in terrific shape right now, although I do agree with you that the one area, and when Jake and I talked about it yesterday, the one area – that they could improve on, I think, is a perimeter D, but they're doing pretty well, and you, and one thing that Dennis Lindsay has talked to us about a lot through the years is is not disrupting that team chemistry, you know, whatever that is, but uh, I think you know it when you see it, and right now the Jazz's team chemistry is pretty darn positive.
2: Yeah, the the chemistry is a huge piece. It's It's not something that the average fan understands because they're used to turning on a 2K game and trading you know players around and having that computer player come out and just be whatever the numbers say they're going to be in the game and and unfortunately we saw with Mike Conley last year you move guys around and they're people and they've got to get used to their situation and circumstance and so that's the risk you're taking if you if you do something right now and with the Jazz being you know as dominant really as they've been the majority of this year I, I think the the prudent play, the wise play, uh, is to just you know stand pat, play long, and and see what happens.
1: Who in the West got better today?
2: I think Denver got better, uh, and I think Portland got better. Portland got the guy I kind of had my eyes on selfishly, and we, we just saw him last week, Jake. Uh, but Norman Powell is is a guy exactly what I'm talking about. Really can get buckets, but he's tenacious, long, and you know, active and that sort of thing. But I I think those two teams, I think Denver and and Portland particularly got better. Um, I like Aaron Gordon. I think he's going to take some pressure off of Jokic. Um, You know, we talked last night, he's shooting the ball at a career best right now. And does that, you know, come back to average? Does he actually not shoot the ball great in this transition? Something to watch. But I like Aaron Gordon and I like how he fits with those guys.
0: He talks about Norm Powell. He, you know, this is a guy who is, I think his effective field goal percentage is around 60%. And he's averaging 19 points a game. And on six different occasions this year, he's scored over 30. So he does, he is a a guy who could tilt the balance a a bit. And Portland needs that. But they've got a lot of talent on that team.
2: Yeah. You know what he fits? He fits the dog mentality, you know. Lillard is, is such a junkyard dog and, and so competitive. Um, I think it's a I think it's a perfect fit. I, I really like that move for for the Trail Blazers.
1: Tim Lacombe is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how the Jazz played last night. We chatted about this after the game. You know, they played a shorthanded Brooklyn team, much like the shorthanded Houston team they played about a week and a half ago. But, boy, did they play differently in those two games, much better last night.
2: Yeah, and that's really a, a great comparison. Uh, I think those two teams were very similar. You know, pretty pretty de- decimated by injury, and a bunch of young guys. You know, out there trying to make uh, a name for themselves. And we saw in the Houston game that the Jazz mindset probably was you know was decent to start the game, and then um, you know they had kind of some moments where they went in and out. Obviously, after the game, Quinn was not happy. The first time all year, he really was not happy. Um, and made it known, and uh, I, you know, a week later, you fast forward and they play a, a very similar situation, and um, they they handle that test totally different. And, and last night, you know, they weren't right from the very beginning. They were on it. Mike Conley was great to start the game. Donovan was really aggressive. Now uh, Rudy was flying around. Bouillon got help, feeling good again, um, and so I think a lot of positive things happened. But the most positive thing, Jake, like you say, is. They they had a very similar situation, and one that they did not fare well in. You know, they won the game, but lost a lot of confidence, and fr- you know, there's a lot of frustration. I think last night was completely opposite. I think things went great for them, and now we just got Clarkson to make a couple shots and get everybody back on on track.
0: When you're playing a team like that and who is vastly under undermanned and you know that you're way better than they are, can you can a team still get a bounce out of that, uh, a confidence boost that will benefit them against tougher competition coming up? And my second question for you, Tim, and I asked this of Jake, have you ever been on that end of a beatdown? Whew. Um, so I'll take the
2: second question first. Unfortunately, yes. Um, and, and probably one of the worst beatdowns I was ever part of, was uh, playing Kentucky in the Sweet 16 and mini. Wow. Um, it was over quick. And there was a lot of time, a lot of timeouts to sit there and look at one another with no chance to win the game. So that, that is not a fun place to be. Um, your, remind me your
0: first question, Gordon.
2: I'm sorry. About, again. Does,
0: do, you get a, do you get a confidence boost out of a oh, big yeah, yeah. win over a team that really doesn't have its best players available? I think you can, Um, and I think this year is probably even a little bit more so
2: because of the the cut-down practice time. You don't get the, uh, you know, even in a 5-on-0 situation at times when I was coaching, uh, and you're running through your sets and you finish every set with a shot, and there's nobody guarding you, but, you know, when the team can rip off 10 straight plays, everybody does the right thing, everybody's doing it precise, and you make the shot, there's a lot of juice in the gym, and um, I think last night, you know, again, it wasn't the Brooklyn Nets. We all know that. It was the Brooklyn Marauders, I think, or something like that. But it did not resemble the, the Nets as, as we know the Nets. But it was still a team full of professionals that came to compete. And the Jazz had an opportunity to either be really serious about it or coast. And championship team, you know, would, would certainly be serious about it. And that's what I loved last night. It was all business and the guys took care of it. And and so, yeah, I think you can get a bounce out of it. I think you can get some boost out of that.
1: Tim, we're going to see Ja Morant three out of the next four games (laughs) in the the Memphis Grizzlies. And I guess my question to you, what young player, and let's, you know, leave Donovan and Rudy out of this, what young NBA player who, I guess I should say, who is your favorite young NBA player to watch?
2: Um, You know who I love to watch is is, – Anthony Edwards at Minnesota. Uh, he's had a really good second half thus far. Uh, but I just really like the way he carries himself. I like the, the power he plays with. Um, you know, he, he's a, definitely a fun one to watch. Uh, there's another guy on that Memphis team that I love. You know, I didn't love him through college because he, you know, he, he gave us a beat down every, about every time we saw him. But Brandon Clark uh, is a great young player as well. Uh, another Memphis guy that um, that we'll see a bunch of, um, and Memphis is an interesting team. They they've got uh, Dylan Brooks who's is a great scorer, so this it, it should be a little fun, little uh, I guess, triple header with a couple
0: games mixed in. Um, but we'll see a lot of this Memphis team. You mentioned uh, Jordan Clarkson, Tim. What do you do with a player like that? He's in a a slump. Last night was the only game he hasn't played well of late after playing so great through the first half of the season. And this is the same conundrum that uh, the Jazz ran a little bit with Boyan Bogdanovich. Do you favor allowing guys just to continue on? Do you favor any changes to be made? Should Jordan back off a little bit and take – uh, instead of these incredibly difficult shots, uh, should he look for really solid shots to take or just keep on firing away?
2: I'd, I'd take the shots he's taken all year, and I feel like that's what he's doing. Uh, you know, much was made in the offseason about Jordan. You know, he was, really was kind of a non-paint two shooter. He kind of he kind of shot more of those shots than the Jazz were used to or like. And they spent a lot of time, you know, working on his shot chart. And what you see from him now is a, is a dribble into or catch-and-shoot three, coming off a ball screen three, coming off a pin-down three, um, or, you know, maybe an isolation where he backs somebody down on a switch and steps back and, and shoots the three, threes in transition. And then the other shots you see him make a lot are drives, uh, jump stop, and get to that left shoulder um, kind of jump hook. And really that's Jordan's game, and I, I feel like last night, um, you know, he, he got frustrated and maybe pushed three or four more shots than he probably would typically take. Um, but he's the last dude I worry about from making shot standpoint. I think he's, his mindset is so great. And he, for him last night afterwards to tweet and basically saying, hey, it's, you know, it's a process, something to the effect laying brick by brick, which he did a great job of, he said, of last night himself. So for him to have a sense of humor about it, uh, I really like that. And and honestly, I told Jake last night, you watch one of these games soon, we're going to see a a five for five, six for six, you know, seven for 10, some kind of crazy number from Jordan because I I wouldn't slow him down at all. I just, because he's going to be really important for you to win.
1: Tim, it looks like the Kings are going to buy out Jabari Parker. Now, uh, you were part of uh, recruiting him to BYU once upon a time and have been watching Jabari play basketball since, uh, well, I'm guessing he was a teenager there in Chicago. What are your thoughts on how his career has, has played out?
2: Well, I don't think, you know, I think um, coming out of high school, especially as a young guy, he was drawing comparisons to LeBron right and left. And I really do think that most people thought with his size and skill set, and, um, you know, big guy, but guard-like skills. Um, I just think, you know, it never materialized. And I for reason why, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, you know, with kids like this, we start, you know, crowning them this and that before they've actually done anything. And, I, you know, you kind of wonder how that plays into it. But, uh, yeah, I did see that. I, I guess, is that his fifth team that – He's been basically waived from. I, I think something like that.
1: Yeah, sounds about right.
2: Um, so it's not uh, certainly not the the career. The other part of it's crazy. I mean, his team at Duke wasn't very good. You know, they I think they they, lost, they didn't win the ACC, and they got the NCAA tournament lost. And so I, just, I don't know. I just I wonder. You know, I wonder if, if it's a fire thing. If it's a um, you not. Know, I got to see a lot of them as a young kid, and I'll promise you this, there was a ton of of potential and promise. But I do believe in this day and age of hype and, you know, rewarding people before they actually even do anything, maybe that's part of this.
0: Speaking of that sort of thing, Tim, let me ask you a question about BYU since you recruited him there and he decided to go a different way. Will BYU ever be in a position where they can get those kinds of guys uh, top level? Could, could BYU ever transform into Gonzaga? Well, I th- I, you know, I, I, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of so many positive
2: things about, you know, this place. I think Utah is actually becoming, you know, 20 years ago you said Utah to people and you thought it was a place on the moon. Um, I think that, you know, New- Utah is becoming way more understood and, and, you know, we're getting a lot more travel out this way. People realize it's a great place and, and BYU has done great things. Um, you know, I'm I'm really, really impressed, you know, from a distance and, and I really have not been anywhere near it, but from a distance, uh, the job that Mark's done in a short period of time. Um, in effect, you know, he, they didn't have a tournament last year, but he would have been in it. And so to be able to to take a you know we, I think we missed four years in a row for him to be able to go two years in a row is great. Um, I think what you've got to do, you've got to probably flip it to a situation like Gonzaga has where Gonzaga really did become kind of transfer you for a bit. And they were getting a bunch of guys, you know, particularly when they made that jump to you know being top 20 to being top five, they just started really up upping their level of talent via transfer. Um, And then obviously broke through finally with uh, just an absolutely, unbelievably high level, uh, possibly the first player taken in the draft type guy in Jalen Suggs. Um, So that level just continues to raise. And that's what BYU is going to have to do. And um, I I like Mark's approach to transfers. You know, last year, that was not an option when we were there. Uh, We were actually told not to bring in fifth year guys because it was too – troublesome for the upper campus and the academics and so we actually tried a couple times we actually brought uh lj rose in from houston as a as a grad transfer and then after that we're basically told no more no more fifth year guys and and so fortunately that's changed because i think that is a game changer
1: well tim thank you very much as always and i'll see you tomorrow buddy sounds
2: great y'all have a good
1: night Back catching, you. Tim. Our friend Tim Lacombe, uh, catching with me on Jazz Pre, Half, and Post game. Tomorrow's game, Gordon, by the way, starts at 7, as does Saturday's game. Uh, and they're both against the Memphis Grizzlies. Pre-game will start at 6 o'clock, both tomorrow night and Saturday night.
0: You mentioned that schedule and the quirk in it, playing the, the Grizzlies three times out of the next four games. Uh, has that ever happened before? I doubt it.
1: I mean, how many times have you seen, uh, uh, you know, teams play the same team on back-to-back games at home? We've seen it home road. So maybe, you know, maybe we've seen it three out of four before, but I would guess it's not likely.
0: It's almost like a little playoff series or something, you know? A little bit. I wonder wonder how, if that will change uh, the way the games are played uh, with that kind of familiarity over such a short period.
1: I asked uh, Tim, who his favorite young player is to watch, and, and uh-huh. I I used the word watch specifically. Not who's the best, not who's most impactful, but who's the most fun to watch. And it might be John Moran for me.
0: Yeah, you were leading them all. I was waiting for I knew that I could tell that's what you were looking yeah. for. And I agree with you, man. He is something something special.
1: He's a baller, he's special athletically. He's not the biggest guy in the world, so kinda you know, he's Tens kinda got that, that uh Allen Iverson feel to it where you kinda yeah. watch him play and you go, You shouldn't be able to do that. Come on <laughs>
0: Well, he's really good yeah and uh mike conley knows i mean mike essentially was sent out because they were going to take jaw right
1: not essentially i mean that's that's certainly what happened yeah. i also like players uh, and this you know doesn't necessarily mean anything but i kind of like players that play with a smile on their face and john morant has got a little of that going too you know a dude who's, who's going like, out there and looks like he's having fun
0: well, that's why you liked magic so much right
1: well, except for his brand of basketball was, uh, was magic more... Magic Johnson is pound for pound the best point guard who ever lived. It was more kind of paint dry than it was exciting.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, How are you spelling dry Dry-y? <laughs> dry-y? <laughs> is, that a, is that a word?
0: <laughs> is like kind of like Mia Oni? No, like,
1: like <laughs> it's the opposite where, where uh, somebody at Magic's size, you're supposed to do that. Someone at John Moran's size, it's like, wow! Now this is extraordinary.
0: Some people might say that's even more extraordinary to have a bigger man do those kinds oh, of things. Oh, you, you with like that a kind of a, skill.
1: a six nine guy beating up on a six one guy? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and you know <laughs> what I yeah, call things that are
2: extraordinary?
1: News. News. That's true. I mean, it'd uh, be like is, hey, Gordon. What are, the right what are you? definition What are you about? About six one. Am I guessing that yeah. right? Six one, six mm-hmm. two. Where are you at? Six one. Six one. Mm-hmm. So that'd be like you going out and playing uh, hoop with a bunch of five two people.
0: <laughs> or hitting the grand five, slam. Five three.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be like a sixteen-year-old you, uh, screeching <laughs> up in the Trans Am and cracking a homer against first graders, not, and then bragging about it true. on the radio years later.
0: Not, not true. Hypothetical. That's, Hypothetically. That's not the before. way it happened, as far as you know. Um, oh, I, better yeah, get the, I, I... I better
1: get this shave a little closer before I get down to the ballpark. <laughs> 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 All right, we've got drop of the day coming up next. And, and great minds think alike because Gordon and I both saw this and thought this needs to be drop of the day. <laughs> we like impressions. We'll get to a good one coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.